Thanks for joining us today. This is Kevin Mullins, pastor at Broad River Church, and we're really grateful that you checked us out. If this message has been inspiring to you, we hope that you visit our website at broadriver.church, and you can go to the plan a visit page and see if there's a time that you could visit Broad River Church in person. You also can give at that same webpage, and you can check us out also on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Broad River Church. We hope this message is a blessing to you. Hey, it's Pastor Kevin. I am coming to you three days after Easter, and I'm coming to you from the upper room, little area at Broad River Church, where we're choosing to record some of this bonus content. And I said on Easter Sunday in my Easter Sunday sermon that I would post some bonus content. You only have so much time to cover um, a certain amount of things, and in a subject like the resurrection, there's obviously so much. In fact, what I really spent most of my time doing from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 was just talking about what are the implications of a godless world. So I went through some of the ways that Easter has been approached and attacked by uh, people who don't believe. And um, the simple solution that's, I think, the one that we want to deal with Uh, the most is that um, Jesus didn't rise because that's impossible. We live in a natural world and everything is determined and everything is determined by uh, physics and things like the periodic table. And so to talk about somebody coming back to life just doesn't make any sense. Um, And so we talk about, well, if that is true, what are the implications of that? And, and then what are, you know, what are the implications of a godless, resurrectionless existence? And then when we ended, I wanted to be honest with everybody to say, you might still be asking, okay, great, but if these things that you're tr- saying are true, there are implications of a resurrection. And maybe I would even agree that this resurrection event is kind of like the linchpin of history. Even if all of that's true, you still haven't proven, proven to me that the resurrection is true. And so what I said as we ended is, well, you should check that out. You should dig deeper into that because I believe there's no fact better attested to in human history than the resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ. In fact, it's been said that we have a better reason to believe that Christ rose from the dead than we do that Julius Caesar ever conquered Britain or that Homer was the one who wrote the Iliad or the Odyssey, or that there ever was such a person as Emperor Tiberius. So I admitted that I've been geeking out the last couple of weeks, reading about the resurrection, preparing for Sunday, preparing for this bonus content. And I told you on Sunday that I would kind of give you the three things that I find most compelling uh, about the history, the actual history that we read. But before we do that, um, let me just reminds you of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, Paul is speaking. He said, I delivered to you as of first importance, muy importante, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So Paul is saying this is first importance. 
And we talked about how you cannot separate, it's not sold separately. The resurrection of Jesus Christ and following Jesus are not sold separately. But then listen to this, and we went past these pretty fast on Sunday. Sunday, uh, He was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, verse 5, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though if some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James then to all the apostles, last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. So with that in mind, here are the three things, and there's lots and lots of things. We're going to make a list. Uh, it would be a very long list. If we were to talk about this exhaustively, we'd talk about it all day and next week and the next week and the next week. But the number one most compelling thing to me uh, about the historical account of Jesus Christ rising from the dead. First of all, is the stories of resurrection that we find at the end of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So this is the first thing. Because if those are made up, let's go with this theory that those are just, this is not actual history, these are just made up. So if those stories are made up, they, I believe, would have been, quite frankly, written so much better. So like if you're writing this account, if you're writing this book and the purpose is to get this epic moment of Christ's resurrection, wouldn't it have been a lot different than Matthew, Mark, Luke and John recorded? If you're making it up, you would have done better. You would have said something like, you know, he came wreathed in glory out of the tomb with laser beams shooting out of his eyes. It would be something more like Revelation chapter one, big and epic, epic and, and flashy. I think that's how you'd write it. You'd be like, he came and vanquished the tomb, one man. He kicked open the sepulcher, right? I am Jesus, 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 Jesus. There would have been like a, an echo and, and an amplification. But if you read the accounts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, that's not at all how it is. The, the stories there are actually kind of weird and random. Like these women kind of show up at the tomb and they're they're talking to this gardener-like fellow. And then at some point the gardener is like, I'm actually Jesus. So, And they're like, you know, uh, shouldn't you be glowing or something? Right? And then he shows up to the disciples when the disciples first finally see him. Remember, these are the guys who supposedly are making this stories up, right? And actually when he shows up, it's actually really laid back. Jesus kind of says, what's up? They they. They write it more like, this is how it happened, so we're just going to write it that way. So that's the first thing, is if they were going to make these stories up, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, I think they would have been much different. The second thing that compels me is it's women who first discovered Jesus. This is super, super important, I believe. And uh, I know I, I made a comment about women having a hard time with directions on Sunday, and so I know I'm going into, you know, uh, dangerous territory here, but listen, when we talk about women finding Jesus, remember, we're talking about the ancient world. We're not talking about 2019, hashtag me to America or Western world. We're talking about the ancient world and how it worked in that day in the Roman Empire. Women in that day could not even give legal testimony in court. So if you're making this thing up, and by the way, if again, if they did make the stories up, they did a pretty job, a bad job of making themselves look good, right? Because they were all things like scared. Peter denies Jesus 
uh, three times in front of a fire. Then he hides behind locked, locked doors. That's actually why it was women who went to the tomb first, because the disciples were scared and hiding. So if Peter made this up, don't you think he would put himself in a little bit better light? You, you, you wouldn't write that women discovered Jesus because it's not going to be credible in the ancient world. If you're trying to get this thing to be believable, why would you write that women found him? You would say anybody else, but maybe it was written that way because that's just how it happened. I think that's really, really important. There's a whole other narrative here about how uh, the Bible has always been way out in front. The scriptures have always been way out in front in recording and showing how women are valued. Um, and so that's that's a, another story for another day. In fact, on Mother's Day, I, I think we'll be talking about, is the Bible good news for women? And in this day and age when we're talking a lot about those kinds of things like women's rights and, and equality and all of that, is, is the Bible good news for women? I think the answer is yes. We'll do that on Mother's Day. But the second reason I find compelling is that it was women that discovered Jesus. And then I would say third and maybe the strongest is the same kind of evidence that would be persuasive in a court, any court. And that's why I read this again from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So not one person, not two persons, not three people, but in many, many, many instances, there were these witnesses who got to see Jesus and talk to Jesus and walk with Jesus and eat with Jesus after he died. Verse 3 down there said he was seen by Peter. And then by 12, and then down in verse 7, it says he was seen by James. Listen, James was his brother. James did not believe in Jesus almost for Jesus' entire ministry until the very end when he saw him. So what would it take for, for you, just for instance, what would it take for you to believe that your brother is the Son of God? I think at the very least, it would take the resurrection. And that's what it was for James. And he didn't just believe in Jesus. He wrote a book of the Bible in favor of his brother Jesus who rose from the dead. Verse 6 there says, it's 500 people at one time that saw him. 500 people at one time. And then I, I love how honest Paul is down there at the very end. And uh, was it verse, verse 8? Yeah. To one untimely born, Paul says. I love how honest he is. Because uh, 1 Corinthians 15 was written 15 to 20 years after Christ rose. So think back 15 years in your life, 20 years in life. How, how many of the people that you knew then have died over the last 20 years? Maybe a handful, a dozen, 20, I don't know. So, so Paul's saying some of the people of that 500 may have passed away, but there's still like 480 left, so you can still go talk to them. They're still alive. He said, here's some information on how you can do your own investigation. Paul is saying here, hey, just walk down the road. Go talk to them and, and, and be like, hey, did you see Jesus after he died? And they'll say, yeah, it was the craziest thing ever. Okay, that's interesting. How about you? Did you see Jesus? How about you? Did you see Jesus? And they're like, we saw him. We were there. And by the way, these are people who went on, many of them, to die martyrs' deaths. These are people who went to the stake. They were burnt. Listen, if you were following a made-up story, if you knew it was made up, you, you don't take it that far. These people were killed for what they believed. They died deaths that could have stopped. 
all, all they would have had to say is, you know what, you're right, it's a lie, it's a lie, I didn't see him, but these are people, and these are the reasons that I find compelling, three of the most compelling. Um, there are many, many others, for those of you that are interested, uh, just reach out to the church and let me know you're interested in going deeper. Um, you can get us at info at broadriver.church, and I'd love to provide you more information on the historicity of the resurrection. So here's some bonus content. I hope you enjoy it. We're looking forward to seeing you this Sunday as we start a new series called The Pursuit of Happiness. We'll see you soon.